CapsCorner.com podcast. CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where Virginia is 4-1 and one for the first time in a decade. Um, I am trying to process the reality that I might be covering a winning football team, uh, which is not something I've been able to say much in my tenure as the publisher of this here website. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about Virginia's win over Duke. We're going to talk about the upcoming matchup with the Tar Heels as they renew the South's oldest rivalry, which is easily one of the best gimmicks uh, to use in game week content ever. Um, I I can't tell you how much I enjoy uh, enjoy that little phrase, and I'll I will toss it in everywhere I can at least once every content item. You will see it, I promise. Um, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody up in Fishersville. David Spence is on the show. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing wonderful, Brad. Best record in the best four and one. First time in the history of the podcast. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. Is it is it really the first time in the history of the podcast? I guess we did start it after the 2012. Yeah, you're right. Um, up in Arlington, uh, Justin Ferber's also on the show. How you doing, my man? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Uh, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, so the Cavaliers open ACC play with a win over Duke, uh, wasn't always the prettiest game, got interesting, um, certainly the second half was better than the first, um, my big takeaway was not just that the, that they were able to close the first half of the, with a touchdown, but also, um, they were able to go up those two scores, I, I, I'm not gonna get so bent out of shape about the, uh, sportsmanlike conduct, uh, penalty, uh, that at least opened the door for potential comeback, um, I, I think the takeaway is that Virginia made plays in this game uh, to win against a well-coached team um, that may not have had quite the quarterback talent that the ACC thought that Duke did. Not that you heard that on a podcast that we may or may not be producing every week. Um, but my takeaway was, you know what? Easy games, Virginia had coasted. In a tight game, they made plays. Uh, I want to hear some takeaways from you guys. What, uh, Dave, what do, you, what do you feel like? What was your biggest takeaway from this one? I mean, there's a lot. Being starting four and one is huge. Beating a team when you when you face some adversity is huge. But if I had to pick one takeaway as the fan on the podcast here, it's we've we've heard the coaches and the players talking about trusting the process and you know and believing and you know believing in the process. And there's a part of that for the fans too. This might be a complete aside to what you're looking for, but me sitting in the stands when Dowling. Got the, got the pass interference. Uh, I mean the the <laughs> excessive celebration, and then they returned the kick and they scored, and then they got the ball back. There was a huge part of me thinking Duke's going to score, go for two, and beat us. Um, it's time for us to start trusting the process, and they and they proved it. So I mean, it kind of hit me there. The reason I brought that up is it kind of hit me there how much of a program rebuild this has been. And how astonishing, maybe that, yeah, I don't think that's too much of a word, how astonishing the start has been considering how we all felt coming out of the Indiana game. So kudos to the staff and the players for continuing to do what they do, grinding, um, listening to people like me complain about the, the process. Um, it's nice. It was a very nice feeling. In some ways to me, it almost felt better that Virginia had to scrap to win that game at the end than if there had been no excessive celebration and that had just been a 14-point win and I was hanging over the head, is this team over it or are they just better than who they've played? So 
Hmm. Um, that's kind of where I am. I would like to state unequivocally for the record that I will always be much more uh, in line with blowouts. I would like as many blowouts <laughs> as possible. Um, blowouts are good for my um, my quality of life. They are e- it's much e- easier to write uh, a story about a blowout. Um, there really is no I don't I don't need any of these games to be close. Get out of here with that rat poison. <laughs> <laughs> Ferber, takeaways uh, from um, from. Uh, from this win over the uh, over the Blue Devils. So mine is a little bit different than Dave's, actually. Um, I understand where he's coming from, but I think my takeaway was that I didn't think they were going to lose. Um, you know, they go up 28-14. Obviously, anything can happen. But at that point, I was like, <laughs> I said it to you, and I think I even tweeted it. Like, I was like, I'm, you know, I thought it was cool that he got the penalty just because, you know, I was like, who cares at this point? The game's over. Um you know, show some emotion. I mean, obviously you don't want the 15-yard penalty, but I just was like, ah, it doesn't matter at this point. Even when Duke scored, I mean, they scored on a 12-yard drive that was aided by a penalty. Um, even when they got the ball back, I wasn't really that worried about them going down and scoring. I mean, they hadn't put re- they put one good scoring drive together all day, and that was aided in large part by quarterback runs. Um, and in that situation, you're probably not going to give up a ton of quarterback runs, so... I honestly wasn't even that worried about them going down and scoring. And even if they did, I still thought UVA could beat them in overtime. Um, So I think my takeaway is I think that the resolute – I mean, like, obviously this is the first game of the season that they actually had to scrap at the end of the game and and win a close one. Um, But I felt like they had already proven themselves, at least to me, uh, by the fact that they were able to come from 14-7 down and then just keep the pedal to the metal and keep – uh, their momentum going into the second half. Uh, I mean, the offense, when the offense was trying to score, Duke couldn't really stop them in the second half. I mean, at the end of the second half, UVA was literally just trying to run the clock out. Um, and then after after they went up 28-14, so that was a little different. But I, I honestly wasn't that worried about losing the game, and that is a very different feeling for me than the ones I had last year or during the end of the London era. Um, I just thought that, UVA was the better team, and once they started executing in the second half, I thought that, I mean, I think that showed. Uh, I think, like Bronco said in the post game, I think they were a little bit surprised by how fast Duke was on defense, and I know I was too. I mean, they were flying all over the field, uh, making plays, and and they clearly had UVA schemed up pretty well. But the mark of a good coaching staff, and, and you know what we had heard about Bronco and his staff at BYU when they came here last year, was that they were very good at second half adjustments and, uh, you know, working things out throughout the game instead of just blindly sticking to the game plan. And I think that that showed on Saturday. The thing too, I, I said this in the, um, in the, uh, three, two, one, the idea of the new normal. I think it's interesting that you guys both hit on it just from different vantage points. Ferber makes a good point. I, I never was concerned about that game and maybe part of it was because it was a touchdown lead and so the best they could do was just tie. I definitely remember – I wish I could remember what play it was on, but I definitely had a moment of – think. I remember looking at my computer and I was typing – I keep you know notes through the game, and I remember I was whatever I was typing, I wasn't thinking about it. I, I was thinking, well, even if, if they scored, they would just tie it. And I said, unless Cutcliffe wanted to be that dude who said, you know what, we're going to go for two, we're going to go for the win. But, you know, sometimes folks do when they're on the road. Um, but other than that, one thought about potentially if Duke – did tie it would they try to go for the win or would they actually actually try to tie it uh other than that i never thought they were going to lose like i just never it never even crossed my mind um and if i told you the number of uva games that were close that 
I thought that in I mean I don't even I don't even know if I could give you a number but it probably wouldn't be more than a handful I mean I'm very rarely ever surprised now maybe that's because when you set your your expectations pretty low you're you're you know you don't have to worry about um them being um um the, being shocked but ultimately I, I think that a big a big takeaway f- from this I think for a lot of fans is that they were able to to beat what is by all accounts not a great team not a you know not a bad team, something in the middle. Um, I also think that Ferber was talking about this in the press box, and I'm and I'm curious to get to, to to have some more discussion about it. We're talking about Virginia's offense and how he thought they had to like sort of regress back to the Indiana game um, in some ways, and I wonder if that was a function of what Duke was doing or ver- a, a function of what UVA wanted to do because I didn't get that sense sort of in the second half. Um, Ferber, what do you feel like? Do you think that they they reverted back to, they reverted, re-reverted, or so? I'm I'm gonna get myself all twisted up. Did they go? Did they make any changes in your opinion in that second half that offensively were the the reason they were able to go? Or they did they just start executing better? Do you think? I think it's kind of a mixture of both things. Um, I think what I meant by that, I didn't mean that they were just like totally regressed as a team from a production standpoint. It was more like. I thought a lot of the things that they were trying to do offensively mirrored what they tried to do in those first two games. And I think the reason that they did those things in the first two games, and then again this week, was Duke's defensive line. I think in those first two games against you know William & Mary in Indiana, they didn't really trust the offensive line at that point to protect or to run block. So they tried to do stuff to scheme around it, right? That's why you saw all the flat passes to Daniel Hamm and the quick out routes to the sideline. And they started kind of running plays like that at the beginning of the Duke game. And I think what they were trying to do was to try to neutralize Duke's front four or their front six, I guess, if you count their linebackers as well, because they blitz a lot of the linebackers. So I thought what they tried to do was to scheme around them for a while. And then what they found out was, you know what, like, I don't think that gives us the best chance to win. So we're going to start to go back to some of the stuff that we did, uh, you know, in our other games. And they, I think that they incorporated more of the offense in as they went along. I think they just kind of needed to get a feel for how the game was going to be played. Um, and they were getting pressure regardless. So I think at that point, the best way to combat that is to just face it head on and get the ball out. Um, and then, you know, that and then they executed. Um, the run blocking was good again in the second half. Uh, Jordan Ellis got stronger as the game went on. And also, I mean, like Alameda Zacchaeus was, was picking up extra yards in space when he was getting these underneath catches, and he had a bunch of those. Um, they didn't really hit a bunch of shots down the field in this game, but part of that was because they just didn't have time to do so. So I thought what I, what I meant by the Indiana game was more like the scheme at the beginning of the game, and then obviously they kind of adjusted back to what they normally have been doing with stuff across the middle and underneath. Um, and I thought they did a good job of adjusting. I mean, I think in previous years you would have maybe seen a coaching staff just try to do the same thing over and over again or, uh, you know, try to blow it up. But they just kind of incorporated more. They just added a level of, you know, different offense to what they were running in the beginning of the game. What I find super interesting is is if you look at it, so you so Duke had only allowed – I think one game, I think Miami rushed for more than 128, but this was the second most that, 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 excuse me, that Duke had given up on the ground. Um, and what I find interesting about it is, is that Ellis had his career high in this game. Um, whereas not in necessary, and it wasn't the, the, the two games where they ran for 170, 167. Um, I also find it interesting that 
that that Daniel Jones went 14 of 42 for 124 yards. I feel like we focus so much on the offense. Um not not just a collective we as a as a podcast, but we as a, I think people who talk about UVA football. I mean, there has been so much conversation about the the offense. Man, that defense is like even with even being somewhat undermanned. I mean, think about it. If I told you before the season that UVA was going to lose two of its top five players, right? Or I, I guess we would all assume that Cook and Harris were two of their top five, right? Along with Quinn, Kaiser, and and Drew, right? We all agree about that. They're 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 top five. They they're down two of their top five players, and they're they're out there making. You know, we all talked about how we didn't think Daniel Jones was that great, but they made that kid look foolish at times. Um, he went 14 of 42, man. 14 of 42. I think Lauren Brownlow had a great joke like on Twitter. Like That's a bad night for Duke from the three-point line. 14 for 42. Um, I, I don't know if we're all if – we, if we have just – we've gotten to a place with, with Broncos defenses uh, or maybe with this specific defense where we're like, you know what, this is just what the way it is and um, – we're we're going to focus our attention on this other thing that needs to get right or get more consistent because the defense has already sort of proven it. So if that's the case, then what that kind of means to me is that yep, we we've reached, we we've we've confirmed the new standard at least on defense, and that is to get your butt off the field on third down. Um, Cutcliffe mentioned this in his post game comments, um, but Duke was what five of seventeen on third down and zero of one on fourth down. Um, and I believe Virginia is top 15 nationally in third down defense, which, you know what, Bronco talks a lot about metrics and things he tracks, but, but that's one, if that, you know, that's obviously a big deal for them. Um, if, that, if the defense keeps doing that, getting off the field on third down, they're going to they're gonna be in a lot of games. And, and I think that's a, a nice little transition to one other thing I want to talk about before we start talking about Carolina um, and the um, Jordan-branded dumpster fire. Uh, that seems to be in abundance in Chapel Hill. Um, yeah, I just wanted to sneak in that Jordan brand joke. Sorry. Um, it seems like to me, and you guys can correct me if if I'm wrong here, um, but it seems like to me as 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 we start to move forward in the season and we continue to sort of um, handicap Virginia's. Uh, chances in games we really have a lot of calibrating to do on where this thing goes do you feel comfortable at this point uh having a another discussion about this season and expectations um now having seen that Duke game or do you need to see him maybe go to Chapel Hill and and win before you feel comfortable sort of re uh assessing uh, what is quote unquote? Because I mean, think about it. When the preseason, we talked a lot about like what's success for this team. What's not? Dave, what do you think? Do you, do you are you ready to to recalibrate or do you need to see one more? Yeah, I, I had the same discussion with someone, not in our text thread. I know other people. Um, <laughs> and the, the question we, he and I were debating was, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think I've got evidence. But the question he and I were kind of debating is. Before the season, you know, he and I kind of talked like, "What's progress? Is four wins progress?" Because that's twice as many as last year. Um, and, and maybe if if things had continued like Indiana and they somehow managed to put together four wins, that makes sense. But now we're four and one. Like four and eight's not going to be progress now, right? You, you can't go over seven and feel confident coming out. 
Um, so, I mean, I think you have to readjust where you, where you feel because a lot of things change. Like if you'd have told me preseason that you'd be four and one going into Carolina and then you lost that stretch, I'd been like, well, you shouldn't have lost to Boston college, but I could see why those other games were losses. Right. But now Carolina and Pitt are, I don't want to use the term dumpster fire, but they're getting, you know, there's a smoldering, <laughs> smoldering ash in the corner of their <laughs> dumpster right now. Um, so I, I think at this point you do have to reassess, um, now, this is only our second road game, and it's our first conference road game in an in environment we haven't won in since, what, 2009 against a coach who's never lost to Virginia. So, um, I mean, I'm not saying you've got to throw the season out if Virginia loses this game this weekend, depending on how they lose it. Um, but at this point, I am pretty comfortable saying that four wins, which you could have convinced me would have been progress preseason, is no longer progress. Yeah, and that's kind of the that's sort of the place I fall on it too. I feel like in a lot of ways, um, like if you were, what's a good analogy here? If you were, um, hmm, all right, let me land this plane. All right, if you were gonna make a sandwich, right, and you went and you grabbed the peanut butter and you grabbed the jelly and you're gonna make the PB and J sandwich, right, and you got the bread and everything is out there, and then you drop the jelly on the floor and it went everywhere, you would feel bad about having messed up the jelly, right? Like, there's an element to this that there is there is hay in the barn, right? Now, what I found interesting about it was, um, I forgot who asked the question of Bronco uh, on Monday, but basically said that, you know, Micah was asked after the game about being 4-1 and what the expectations might be for the team. And he reminded everybody, like, look, I was on a team that was 4-2 and, and then didn't go to a bowl game. Um, and so Bronco was essentially like, yeah, that, that makes sense because he's realistic. Like, that's that's kind of I think probably the exact answer he would hope that Micah would give um, but he certainly likes the fact that his 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 senior leader is his captain is telling the team like you cannot let up um, but I, I just think that it's 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 impossible to ignore that they went two and ten just like it's impossible to ignore that they are currently four and one and we like you could look at the rest of the games on the, on the schedule and you could say well you know they lost to Carolina because um, all of a sudden Surratt just finally got it and things clicked and it was a tight game and blah 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 and then they lost here and there. like you can you can you can make um, you can make some some reasons why here and here and here or whatever but like as a as, in terms of totality like I think I'm kind of with Dave like I think it's impossible to sort of think that now what do you th- what do you think Ferber how do you, what what's your what's your sort of uh, stance on, on this do you feel like those expectations have to sort of be reset um i'm not quite there yet um i think I, I think it's tough to say in the middle of a season you know recalibrate everything that you thought about a team obviously this team has i mean they've already matched the win total that i predicted for them for the season and i didn't think they would get it in this fashion so in a way they've already exceeded my expectations um now, if they lose out, obviously that would be pretty disappointing. Um, and we've talked for years about it's not necessarily you know where you get the wins or who you beat. It's sometimes how it looks, um, especially in losses. And, I mean, in their wins, their defense has been downright dominant for stretches of those games, and their offense has been improved. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of reason for optimism. What we're going to find out is whether they can take it on the road and be consistent um, I don't think it's necessarily, I mean, we'll get to the predictions in a little bit, but I don't think 
it would be too much to ask of them to go win this game this weekend or go beat Pitt. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to do both. One thing that I find interesting about these two teams specifically is that, um, like Boise State and unlike UVA, um, these teams, you know, Bronco talks a lot about winning habits and teams that expect to win and teams that are used to winning, and that's the that's the culture that they have, like he had at BYU. Uh, North Carolina's players, I mean, all they really know is winning. I don't think they've had a losing season for everybody in that program. I mean, they won 10 games a couple of years ago, went to the ACC championship game. Uh, Pitt obviously has won eight games several seasons in a row, I think. Um, and if not, they've made a bowl every year. So, I mean, those are two teams that are used to winning games. They're going to be at home. They're not going to expect to lose to UVA, even if UVA comes in 4-1 and one, or, or, in Pitt's case, 6-1 and one maybe. They're still going to look at UVA and think they can win. Um, and I thought it was interesting this week that I think it was Chris Peace talked about how they didn't necessarily, they even, you know, at UVA overlooked other teams, you know, thinking about their big games that they had coming up. Even being a, a team that they were, you know, that lost a lot of games in those years, they were still, they still felt like they were overlooking people. So, I mean, I think that if they continue to take the one week approach and, uh, I think the big things for this team, and, and we talked about it a little bit last year uh, going into the season, field position's huge, the turnover battle is huge, uh, converting red zone opportunities and third downs are huge, and if they can continue to do that, I think the expectations are to play sound, smart football and, and be in the games. And I don't think that they're going to be out of any of these games. They might have a little bit of a, you know, they might run into some struggles at some point. I don't and that's where I'm not. I guess that's where I want to be clear. That's where I'm not recalibrating my expectations. I'm not expecting it to be clean all the time. I mean, the the first half against Duke was was rough, um, and then they were lucky to kind of come out of it. And you know, a few things go differently in that game. Maybe, maybe there is a path for Duke to have beaten them. So, I mean, I think that's worth remembering going forward. And I mean, for fans, you can get as excited as you want. It doesn't have any impact on the game. But uh, I, I think. It's realistic to think that they can win the games, but not necessarily realistic to expect them to win every game. Um, speaking of, of paths, um, Ferber, I don't know if he, I can't remember if it was in the, uh, where, you, where you said this. I think it was among the three of us. But you were talking about how, like, Virginia might be able to play a pretty mediocre to bad game and still beat this Carolina team. They just don't have – the heels don't have a lot of paths to, to, to victory. And, look, I, I think when, when a lot of people who who are, you know, um, who keep up with the ACC, you're, you're, you're used to Carolina having that um, that razzle-dazzle, that razzmatazz, that, that, that ability to wow you on offense. This team just does not have that, right? Like, they do not. And it is very strange – uh, Carolina at one and five, zero and three in the league, uh, has not been uh, a good season for Larry Fedora's group um, in a variety of ways. Not only are they not playing well, but they're also being ravaged by injuries. Um, I think Ferber said thirteen on last week's injury report. Um, probably going to be uh, that were out for the season. So you're talking about a significant amount of talent that's not on their uh, that's on their roster that's not available to them. Um, Dare I say Virginia got him at the right time? Um, I have to admit, there's a part of me that doesn't want to talk about this because I don't want to jinx it. And I almost got in trouble the other day on Twitter for for potentially, you know, maybe possibly um, jinxing something. I made a comment about how I didn't want to say something because I was going to jinx it, and then UVA scored again, and I was like, all right, well now that it's two scores, I think Robert and I is having a pretty uh, has having quite the afternoon. 
Um, and then <laughs> the thing tightened up. So I kind of don't want to like talk about how bad I think Carolina is because I think it'll set, you know, it just sort of feels like the, um, you, you know, you're just tempting fate at that point. Um, how, how much of a dumpster fire do we think Carolina is? Ferber, I'm starting with you. Um, mainly because I, I want your, your, your gut is a usually a good indicator for me about how, ex, how excited or uh, depressed I should be about something. How much of a dumpster fire is Carolina at this point? Uh, they're one in five, so obviously that's bad. <laughs> um, bad, but Terrible. yeah, I mean, but UVA's played some teams in the past that have had bad records, um, but we knew that they had talent, or maybe they had a bad record and played a tough schedule. And Carolina's schedule hasn't been easy by any stretch. I mean, they've already played Louisville, um, they played Georgia Tech on the road, they played Cal at home. Cal's a little better than people thought they would be, uh, and they just played Notre Dame this past week. But, I mean, I, I looked hard at their schedule and, and, you know, where they got their points and, you know, how they lost the games they lost. I think that their record is fair. Um, the only team that they – I mean, they dominated uh, ODU. Uh, I mean, they – but they still gave up, like, 30-something points in that game. Um, but the, a lot of their offensive production came in that game. So you look at their season stats, and they're not good, I mean, by any stretch. It's not like they have a bunch of big numbers to look at. And even those mediocre stats are inflated by that one game so much that it's kind of, it tells a story in itself. The only time I really watched them play live this year was against Georgia Tech, and their offense was just abysmal in that game. Um, They've had some injuries at wide receiver and tight end, and they have a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of experience uh, replacing, you know, Mitch Trubisky, who was obviously a pretty good quarterback um, last year. You know, their two leading rushers from last year are gone. and then, and then you lose all those guys, and then you throw the injuries on top of it, and you're really looking at a depleted team. Um, they've, they've lost a lot of games by double digits. Their offense has just really struggled to get anything going uh, of late. You know, they lost to Duke 27-17. You know, their two touchdowns in that game were a bomb. Uh, a nice throw. You know, it was a good throw for, for a touchdown. It was like a 50-yard touchdown. And then uh, the quarterback got loose, Surratt, he got loose and ran for like 40 yards for touchdown. Uh, so they didn't really drive to the red zone and score any touchdowns. And then, you know, they've, they've had issues with turnovers here and there. And, you know, obviously in that Duke game, it kind of turned out to be huge at the end of the game with the pick six that sealed the loss. And their defense has got the injuries too. I mean, Carolina's kind of been known for having a pretty mediocre to bad defense in recent years. Um, just a bad defense, right, Brad? Um, last Terrible. year, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a funny story for off the off the air. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about with the I do, Gene I do. Um, I do, and 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 the uh and and the inside jokes are always good on podcasts. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah. No, okay, wait. I, sorry, gotta, sorry, you got to do it now. Hey, if you guys, no, you if, you, if you guys no. listening ever hear us, then then you know whatever. I don't want to throw what's his name under the bus. No, no, no. Just do it. Just do it. It's fine. Just do it. <laughs> Just tell the story. So tell the story. So last year UVA lost to North Carolina. Like um, I don't know. It was UVA didn't score any points. Basically, they had a really bad offensive production game in that game. Um, I think they're they had like one touchdown until the fourth quarter, and it was like a fake field goal or something. And we're like leaving the press box, and at UVA the press, you know, we sit outside, and then you have to go inside to go down to the locker rooms. And we were walking out, and David Teal, legendary sports writer, Virginia, you know, Hall of Famer, uh, was looking at the stats or something, and he was like, 
UVA's offense was pretty bad today against a, just a bad North Carolina defense. Just a, a really bad North Carolina defense. And, like, right behind him was Gene Chizik, who <laughs> coordinates that defense. And he didn't know At that. Least, yeah. And he just kind of yeah. was like, you know, he just shrugged his shoulders and kept going. Um, well, it's funny. I mean, look. I mean, he wasn't lying. That. He was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Teal would write that. I mean, like, he's not afraid of it. It was just a, it was just a funny because, timing like, moment. Yeah. Yeah, if you know Teal, like, he has a way of saying the words. He's like, just bad. I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah, he was like, he, he was like emphatically then, just a bad <laughs> Chizik was right there. Oh, it was, uh, so yeah, yeah, no, we, we couldn't, we couldn't go that deep on that story. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, I think that they're, I mean, if they were one in five, but they lost a bunch of really tight games to good teams. And I would say, you know, this is a tough team, but I think the spread, the Vegas spread is fair. And, um, and honestly, I mean, I haven't seen a lot from them that I, I think their path forward to victory. Like I told you guys earlier is UVA is just going to have to give them the game. Um, they're going to have to commit some penalties. They're going to have to have untimely turnovers, probably more than one. And um, and North Carolina is going to have to play clean and then figure something out on offense. They're either going to have to score. Uh, I think that their path is going to be run the quarterback because UVA has shown themselves to be somewhat vulnerable in that situation. Mm-hmm. And their quarterback leads the team in, in rushing attempts this year. And then they're going to try tr- probably try to take some shots over the top of the defense because I don't think UVA's defensive backs are going to give them chunk yards uh, against this group of wide receivers. They have one decent wide receiver. Their number one guy's out for the season, Prol. So I, I think that their best shot is just to to throw haymakers and try to run the quarterback and see what sticks. And probably pull some trick plays, too, with that. Yeah, exactly. You know what I just, I just, I just realized? A good indication of how much a, a dumpster fire Carolina actually is? In the preseason, all three of us picked UVA to lose this game um, by, let's see, uh, 9, uh, 11, and... If I'm reading my handwriting correct, uh, Ferber had it by four. Is that a seven or an eight? I don't know. Anyway, we all had UVA losing the game. Dave, we haven't heard from you since like 1987. What? Um, how? How much of a dumpster fire is Carolina? And try try your best to not let your own personal uh, disdain for Carolina Blue impact your answer to said question. Well. You guys know how this goes. Like I, I will talk trash about a team up until game you are week, quite the unicorn much here. Better. Yeah, De- let me hold right? on. Pause, um, pause for a second. Let me let me explain to people. <laughs> so this is the way Dave works. So Dave will get super duper like like Virginia is the best team in the history of the world, and then like you you say a couple things to sort of temper that because you're like, well, you know, there is this and there is that, and then like as the game gets closer, it's like he starts to he starts to like, uh, it, it's like he. It's like he starts to like back, take steps yeah, it's away like, from the team, it's and like as you're he gets further of, away, it's like you're afraid of flying, say, and then you know, like you're like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and then the <laughs> plane's on, the, and then the plane's you know taxiing, and you're on like, the tarmac, oh and you're like, no, I can't do this, no, I can't do it. No, he's like he gets further and further away from the team, and he can't see him quite as well. And he's like, well, maybe we're not really as good. Oh, well, you know what? You know what? Actually, I'm I'm kind of concerned we're not. And then he's like, you know what? We totally suck. And I and the game gets closer and closer. But see me an hour before. <laughs> see me an hour before kickoff, and we're gonna beat the yeah, crap gonna out be, of them. Yeah, so someone's always gonna process, throw for 250, man. you know, yards in a quarter. Anyway, can, continue to talk about uh, Carolina. I'm sorry. <laughs> continue. So, Carolina, like as much grief as like I, I hate going back to this, but as much grief as we gave Bronco and and his staff about you know, building the foundation, right? The cultural elements of, of what this program could be, be, you know, as hard as that was to hear as you're going through last season, right? Um, you can start to see it now. And when you think of Carolina, um, now, I, obviously we're not as intimately involved with their program or anything else, 
but so so I could be a little off here. But Carolina to me is a team whose recent success is built on you know built on their offense mainly, and, and for me, their offense was tempo and speed and flash. You know, not core like strength and you know hard nosed football and grinding out to the last minute. Um, things that are easily lost when when you have issues. Um, even when this team was good, their defense was not. Like they they won in many time many games they won over the past what four or five years where despite of their defense, um, which is where that whole joke with Teal came from. So this year you finally get a point where the defense is still the terrible defense we're used to seeing, but now all of a sudden you don't have the offense. And everything folds because there's nothing there. Um, that all said, there's some talent on the roster. I, I kind of agree with Ferber. You know, Ferber had gone through, gone through, watch Carolina earlier today. I kind of got a chance to watch them this evening. Go back and watch some more. The only real game they were into, other than Old Dominion, only real game, only game they really had a chance in was the California game. I think in many ways they should have won that game. Um, but every other game, Louisville, you know, they scored points against Louisville, but they gave up 700-plus yards of offense. I mean, it's really hard to give up 700 yards of offense. Um, and and they really they haven't broken 20 against anyone in the last three games. So they are a – they're not what we're used to seeing. Um, they are, you know, ravaged by injuries. They've got a quarterback who's probably a year from where he should be playing in an offense that demands either elite level athleticism from the quarterback or pinpoint accuracy. Um, not that all offenses don't, but theirs especially with the tempo. Like if you're going to sustain drives running tempo, you better have one of those two. And Serratus kind of struggled with both. His indecision kind of takes away from what I think is plus athleticism. Um, so it's, it's a very confusing, confusing team. I really do agree. I think Virginia's got to give them the game almost um, for Virginia, you know, for the Carolina to win. Um, it, as long as Virginia can be be smart with the ball and force force Carolina to go on long drives, um, something we didn't mention earlier. You know, part of the thing you saw in Duke was you know Virginia's top five in the country in time of possession, and it, they're doing something with that time of possession. They're scoring nineteen or twenty scored quarters they've scored so not only is Virginia holding on to the ball they're starting to some of that will and you know going longer harder you know harder longer you're starting to see it you saw it in Ellis the way he was running in the second half against Duke Duke's got a lot more you know formidable defense and a lot more you know desire to hold up than that Carolina defense so it's going to be interesting to see even if Carolina can keep it close for a half if Virginia is able to do what they did, even against Duke when they often struggled at times, they're able to do that and keep grinding and keep running the ball and keep pounding. Does Carolina have the willpower to continue to fight? And I'm not sure they do. So um, I think it's a very good chance for for Virginia to, to go on the road to a place they haven't had much success and, and you know to to make it a really fun season at five and one. Yeah, I mean, I, I meant to bring that up before, but Dave brought up a good point of that Duke team. I mean sitting there watching the game, that team plays hard. I mean, I think that's why they're sitting at 4-2 and two right now, more so than anything. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not going to get into the Daniel Jones thing, but, you know, you know, 
Um, Is he a good player? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just go back and listen to last week's podcast. Um, but, I, I mean, that defense flies around and they play hard. Carolina, I don't know if I can say the same thing. Um, and maybe some of that's reputation, but... I mean, I, I, we talked about it even last week. I mean, the key to beating Carolina is just make them quit. Um, and I don't think at 1-5, and five, uh, you know, they get down in front of a lackluster home crowd um, against Virginia, a team they probably don't really, like, get up for. I mean, it's a rivalry for, like, the older fans um, who remember it as more of a rivalry. Um, but to the players, they probably don't care. Um, I, I just I, – I don't – I don't see this isn't like a, a team like waiting to just like explode, I don't think. I mean I could be wrong, but I don't see the explosiveness on their offense or their defense, and I think if UVA can just kind of like beat them into submission in the first half, then they could easily win this game by multiple scores. I wouldn't be that surprised. Um Ferber was asking if, if we should talk about the coastal. I want to save coastal conversation for, for next week. Um, I, I kind of want to see uh, one more game, um, not just from UVA, but also from the rest of the teams that are um, that are vying for this. I, I, I mentioned, I don't know if, I forget where I wrote this, but it was something about mediocrity in the coastal. Um, maybe that was, maybe that was my uh, weekend wrap, but I do get the sense that basically the coastal with Mark Walton hurt is supremely up for grabs. Tech's pretty good. Georgia Tech might be pretty good. UVA could be good. Miami might still be pretty good, but probably is good. Um, Carolina, Duke, uh, Pitt um, all seem to be um, kind of pulling up the rear. Um, and so it, it it makes sense to me that, as we had that conversation earlier, right, about resetting expectations, um, it's an integral sort of thing, right, to um, – to be able to win games in the coastal, um, I want to see Virginia win another one before we start having like a bigger sort of grander conversation about the the division. Uh, let's get to the to the picks. Um, uh, let's start with Dave. In the preseason, Dave, you had this one thirty two twenty one Carolina. Something tells me you're going to want to change that. I think you wrote that down wrong. What? Brad. That could not be right. No, I definitely <laughs> no, wrote that one. That one I can definitely read. <laughs> I, you know, over-under on this game is 56. Virginia's a three-and-a-half to four-point favorite, depending on the book. For some reason, I I feel like this is a game where Virginia's just going to run the ball and eat up clock. Um, I think we win it. I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go on the under, though, surprisingly. I'm going to go 24-18, uh, to, 19, uh, 24 to 18, sorry, UVA. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit low scoring. Okay. In the preseason Ferber, you had uh, Carolina winning this thing uh, 31 to 20 something. I'm going to go with 28. Um, I can't quite read my own writing. That's not my fault. Um, I'm going to guess you want to change that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. Uh, the way that I look at it now, I feel like the higher scoring the game is, the better chance UVA is going to win. And normally against Carolina, UVA should be trying to temper them down, you know, to like the low 20s. Uh, but I honestly think that there's a cap on how many points North Carolina can score if they don't get some points back from UVA via turnovers or special teams or something. Um, I'm going to go UVA 28, Carolina 20. Um, I think UVA, it's a game kind of like the Duke game where it's close for a while, then UVA surges, um, their defense holds up well, and maybe Carolina has a shot at the end of the game to make it 
interesting or, or tie it or, or whatever, but I think UVA kind of can, commands the game and, and Carolina's offense struggles against UVA's defense. In the preseason, I had this thing, Carolina 33-24. I am definitely going to change that. Listen, this Carolina team, I do believe, is 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 very bad. And I also believe that Virginia is – There's, I, I do believe that, that – that, put it to you like this, I would be surprised if Virginia is on a much better road team going forward. I, I just have a, an inclination. I'm curious to see it happen here. I think Dave mentioned to me the other day to the effect of uh, that this is not going to be – like this is going to be a bad crowd for Carolina simply because not just as Ferber mentioned, you know, the rivalry to them isn't really a rivalry, but also too, like they've had a number of home games and they suck. Um, Carolina fans and Virginia fans no, hate to break this to you guys, but they're really not all that, all that dissimilar, like in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, I don't expect, I, I expect it to be a very unjuiced stadium. I feel like um, Virginia's going to have to do uh, its work uh, and kind of bring its energy itself. And I, I think Dave made a good point earlier. He kind of he kind of dropped it, but he didn't really say much about it. Like if you lean on them, they they might quit. I really just having watched Carolina a little bit. I just don't I just don't know if they have it in them to to be as as relentless as I think you need to be to beat this Virginia team, especially playing with some confidence right now. Like the days where they made a mistake and then folded are over. You feel me? Like that that team that these guys are just not those guys anymore. Um, so I'm going to take Virginia to win this one, and I'm going to honestly, I think it's going to be pretty comfortable. Uh, I'm actually going to have the Cavaliers winning at 35 to uh, to 17. I just don't think Carolina has it in them uh, to do much more than that. Um, let's real quick before we we wrap up, let's let's check in on our prop bets from last week. Uh, I believe the first question was more passing yards, Daniel Jones or Kurt Benkirk. All of us said Kurt Benkirk, so we all get a point. Uh, rushing Daniel yards, Jones, pretty good, Ding. pretty pretty good quarterback. Uh, rushing yards above 150 for UVA, yes or no? Uh, Ferber was the only one of the three of us to say no. Uh, and then interceptions by Brenton Nelson. Uh, Dave had uh, said he had would have one. Ferber and I both said no. So close. So Ferber had all three of them last week. So congratulations to him. Um, uh, what do I uh, win? What's he going to get, Brad? You don't win anything. Um, <laughs> so all right, let's let's see the the props this week. All right. Uh, will UVA have more or less than 400 yards of total offense, Ferber? Uh, I'll go more. I think they get more. I think that they're going to try to run the ball a lot, but I think that the possibility for some big plays in the passing game will will let them rack up some yards. All right. I already wrote uh, the plus in for you, Dave, but I'm going to guess you're going to go plus. I'm going to go plus, and I'm going to say 200 plus rushing. Ooh. Uh, I'm just going to go plus and not put any uh, qualifiers on it because I want to be able to score some points next week. Um, all right. Uh, Pat, God, I can't read my own writing again. Which which will have – Dave, what was the question? Passing or rushing? What was what was the question again? Oh, which uh, Will Virginia have more touchdowns Oh, more TDs. That's right. Okay. Yeah, that passing. was kind of integral. I didn't write – I did not write. I was like, wait, do we ask yards? Because that's a stupid question. Uh, I will say that Virginia will have uh, more yards – excuse me, more touchdowns uh, rushing because uh, I think you're going to see a lot of long drives at end, you know, like first and goal from the – Seven, six. They've been better this year about not getting first and goal to nine. That's been uh, an, yeah, an advantage. So, yeah, I'm going to go rushing. Uh, Dave, what about you? Rushing or passing? I'm going to agree with you there. I think rushing. Over. Uh, rushing or passing? I'll go rushing. God, we're, we should have some changes. We can't, we can't catch up. That's right. I mean, we all have we're, – we're all pluses and R's right now. Okay. Uh, Make him go first. <laughs> okay. 
fine. For the record, we're not tallying this up. Like, this is a week-to-week sort of crown. Like, all right, Ferber gets to have the belt for now. Okay. Um, Non-offensive touchdown for UVA. Uh, Yes or no? I'll say no. Um, It does seem like the... the Yeah, I mean, that seems like the safer bet. I'm going to say no as well. I just think that uh, they're going to do their damage from scrimmage. Uh, on offense, I'm gonna say yes. I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> He's turned this into like some other thing. Uh, oh, sorry about that. Um, well, heck, they had one last week before I got in the stadium. So they, there, there's that. Right, that's a very good point. Uh, well, I think that's a uh, very good place to to put it a pin in it. I, th- I appreciate you guys uh, stopping me for a win on my rant and making a fool of myself. Um, but I, you know what, we can all learn, and I learned something, and that's good. Um, but yeah, so we will, we will be back next week to talk about what happened in Chapel Hill and preview, uh, Virginia's game against Boston college. Um, Hey, maybe, maybe between now and Saturday, the NCAA will come out with its uh, decision on Carolina. We'll have something else to, uh, to, to discuss, um, going, going into Chapel Hill. Um, but anyway, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show and for giving us a listen. And all, as always want to thank uh, Dave and Justin for giving so graciously of their time. It is much appreciated. For David Spence and Justin Furber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CastCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.